Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. I think you're really going to enjoy today. Uh, on Saturday, as we were relishing in our uh, first snow in years in Baton Rouge, uh, sitting in watching all kinds of games, and the first one on tap that day was Boston College against Duke. I uh, love watching Coach K, my buddy, and uh, his team of his great young kids. Uh, Jim Christian is someone that I've, uh, the coach of Boston College, was someone that I've really enjoyed watching over the years. And to watch that game develop, and all of a sudden I'm saying they got a real shot, and it turns out to be just a fabulous program-changing win for Boston College, upsetting the number one team in the country. Got a chance today to talk to Jim Christian to talk about that game, some of the strategies that he uses, and also, if you get a chance to watch him and his program, might do as good a job on offensive basketball as any college coach in the country. Has great, great concepts, great ideas, and now he is getting some real terrific players and some big-time shot makers. So I think you're really going to enjoy Jim Christian. Before we go into uh, the podcast, I think I just wanted to remind you about our VIP experience in July 9th and 10th in Las Vegas. I've already had an email uh, yesterday from uh, one of the spouses of one of our uh coaches that has come every single year and thanked me for having this experience and doing it with a December opening because now she said her husband came to her and said I got the Christmas present for me and so she loved it and so she's happily sending her husband who comes every year anyway to coaching you so take advantage of our 299 special only for the month of December and we'll look forward to seeing you out at coaching you live Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. So excited about our guest today coming off a fabulous win on Saturday against the number one team in the nation, the Duke Blue Devils. Jim Christian, the head coach of Boston College. Jim, welcome to Coaching You. 
Brendan, thanks. Appreciate being on, and uh, you know, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Well, you know, we have so many friends. We have in our the great thing about the world of basketball, going back to your days growing up on Long Island, mine in Jersey, and and the New York influence, and then you know, as you fast forward and you go to college coaching and stuff, uh, Stan Heath and uh, Tommy Izzo and those guys. When I was out coaching, the Pistons became great friends, and you know, Stan and I have maintained a relationship. We're both we're Florida residents for a long time. And uh, and uh, and so, uh, you know, reached out to him on Saturday to make sure I had the right number for you. And uh, I was so excited. And, and, and it's funny, you know, there's so many games on Saturdays that, you know, you scramble around like watching college football and you say, which game will I watch? Well, I, I said, I'm going to settle in on this first game of the day. And I'll tell you, it was so exciting for me to see, having known Boston College for so many years, but to see him go against Coach K, who was on our staff with the Dream Team, and to watch a game like that. Uh, what a thrill for you and your kids and your program. No, it really was. I mean, just the, the whole environment from the, from, the, from, the, from the week leading up to it, we were fortunate enough to have a week uh, to get ready for that game, and it was our first ACC game. But just the environment on our campus, just the buzz around having the number one team in the nation in your building, and that's really what I told our players. They're so fortunate because there's a lot of great teams and great programs, great players in college who don't get the opportunity to even play the number one team, nevertheless play them at home. So that's a. It was just a. It was just a great opportunity for our team. What was I? Uh, you know. What? Tell me about. Uh, like a takeaway from that. I, I, I hate to spoil your day as we're speaking on Monday and you have a game tomorrow, but what are the things you have a, you know, a win that's, you know, a really a, a one that really changes your program. Uh, you know, how does, how do you handle that, you know, with your kids going forward? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And help me if you have a, a, a better answer, but what we try to do was really let them enjoy Saturday. We got together yesterday as a group and, and uh, that was the first thing we talked about was that now, you know, there's a different expectation level amongst ourselves, you know, to, to keep this going and, and to build off what we did and not stray from the formula. The formula was we were, you know, we felt we were re- we were really prepared and guys uh, didn't get rattled at any point in the game and just kind of stuck with what we were trying to do. And if you can do it, on one night, the key is to try to find consistency to do it every night and then turn the page on the game. I told him, just forget it. Uh, it's time to move to the next game. That game is just place it in the back of your memory. People around you are not going to want to let you forget it today. But, you know, we got a game Tuesday and this is what we need to do. And then we started our preparation for uh, the Tuesday game, which is Columbia. We went around the court and walked through some stuff and some, some offensive things that we need to do and some defensive things that we need to do to get ready for practice today. I think that's perfect. You know, I think one of the things that you talked about, the expectation level, is now they have shown you and everyone else the level that they're able to perform at. And so now you want them to stay there. Let me give you some observations from me uh, sitting there, really not having watched your team at all this year. And what I saw was a team where guys, all five guys, were locked in together. And they each of them would do, as our friend Belichick would say, they're each doing their job. Whether it be your five-man setting screens, whether it be your your guards coming off the pick and rolls, and making the right pass, that's so important. And I think no one got out of their skin, so to speak, and, and did what they weren't capable of doing as the moments got bigger in the game. I think that's a great point. I think that was the emphasis going in is that we don't we don't need anybody to do anything out of the ordinary to win. We just have to make the plays you can make within your own game. We don't need anybody to step outside or 
you know, post players to step outside and take shots they shouldn't take or make moves they shouldn't make. Or, and then it comes down to us just making the plays we know we can make. Um, and then being fortunate enough to make shots and, you know, um, you know, everybody looks better when the ball goes in. Every play looks better when the ball goes in the <laughs> basket. But sometimes to beat the really good teams, you know, when they do make mistakes, you have to make them pay by just making the shot. And that, that gets everybody involved. You know, it gets you a better defensively and it also gets the crowd in the game. And I just think that was the key for us was that we made the plays, fundamental plays that we can make and, and, and hopefully can make on a you know, on a continuing basis. One of the things, Jim, I saw that uh, really jumped out at me is, and, and you know, I've coached in college 13 years and obviously about 400 years in the NBA, so I don't want to date myself. But one of the things that I saw about your guys is that you really know how to play pick and roll, and not a lot of college teams do. And your guys really were exploiting, you know, Duke's coverage, which was switching, and you kept putting Bagley in pick and rolls, and now having him switching onto your guards, and then just making great plays on that. I know it was very intentional, uh, you know, and I, I think that's one of the things that we're seeing with the college defensive coverages. What are you seeing on your pick and roll coverages this year? How many different coverages are you seeing with your guys? Because you have really good pick and roll players. Well, thank you. Again, it comes down to the guys. I think they have a really good understanding of, um, you know, again, what they're going to do going in. And so I think, Mm -hmm. and Duke was in particular, you know, they they do a bunch of different things. So they do switch sometimes and sometimes they just hedge and they will ice them, you know, so, you know, in watching them in all the games that we watch. And again, we had a week to prepare and I can't, I can't understate that enough that we were fortunate to have a week to really take a look at what we wanted to do. And a lot of the times, you know, in college, especially well in the NBA even, but in college, if you only get a quick preparation, you know, you can't do some of the things that you'd like to try to do. So we were fortunate in that regard. But, you know, I think most of the teams now are are playing two defenses. So they're either going to hedge and mm-hmm. switch or they're going to ice. And there's always a counter other defense in there. And if, you just, I think the guys just get used to seeing it. And then, they, you know, they just feel comfortable. They can make plays without thinking. Um, and then it's just really a couple minor adjustments. And even in that game, you know, there was a couple times early in the game where um, on the switch, uh, Kai Bowman wasn't dragging him far enough and it, it was congesting one side of the floor. So it's just, okay, take him over one more dribble. You're going too fast. Um, just small, simple things like that and, you know, let the good player play. You know, I thought, you know, um, you know, you, you, you know, for the guys that have come to our coaching you clinic, uh, you know, horns is a very popular set. Uh, but you did something that, uh, you know, you know, that Chuck and Doc Rivers does a little bit in the NBA where you took the horns, you bring them to, together almost and you wedge, I call it your, the point guard in it and you raise it up high. And that really presented tremendous problems because you kept getting Bagley switching on and really created some tough tough spots for them to match up with. Has that been a staple of yours, a play like that? Yeah, play? you know, we, we a lot of it we put in for them. You know, okay. The one thing about their team um, is um, they're, they've got some young players, and they're yes. going to get better and better as the year goes on. So young players on defense, to me, the hardest communication in any ball screen situation is that 4-5 situation where – Okay, what you know? Are we going to slip it? Or are we going to hold it? You know, and they have to communicate. Two guys that probably, in a lot of times in practice, don't communicate. 
um, very well on pick and roll situations. Guards are usually great. And, you know, guards in big combinations are usually great at it. But when it's a four or five, there's maybe that little bit of indecision. Uh, am I switching this or am I hedging this or, you know, what are we doing? Uh, and, and, and that gave us an ability, I think, maybe that little one second of indecision, let our guards get downhill and, um, you know, we have two really good guards, and once they get downhill, they can make some plays. Boy, they're terrific, and I loved watching them and the things that you put them in. And I thought your game winner, you know, was kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, it was like a middle drag ball screen, but then you had you hit the throwback, and poor Grayson Allen just looked down, and that three went right in his eye, you know, and stuff like that. But, again, the execution, the way you spaced him out in a four-round, one pick-and-roll, I thought was really great, uh, great uh you know, put them in a tough coverage spot and really great scheme, Jim. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you guys got to make a great shot. I mean, you know, that was a guy, Jerome Robinson, hitting NBA three, down one. Um, you know, great players. You know, that's the difference between when you're playing great teams, you know, somebody's got to uh, raise up and hit a big shot, and he hit back-to-back big shots. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's a growing and learning moment for him because – you know, we've been in the situations a lot of times with, with, that, with that shot, that big shot just doesn't go down. And um, it's just it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a better situation for for everybody when it does. Talk talk about you. You, you really, you know, I thought we we're going to be on your way. You know, you really picked up a fabulous graduate transfer, a big kid from Illinois State. And then last week we heard terrible news that you know, I think it was back, back at the end of November. I'm sorry. You know, heard that he he's going to probably be out for the year with a knee injury. Uh, had it, obviously you beat the number one team in the country without him. I'm sure that wasn't a thought the day you heard that news, you know, that, yeah, it was so hard, you know, because, you know, he was a young man, Brendan, and we all been around these type of guys that, you know, they make some mistakes when they're younger and then they mature and they try to fix it. Yeah. And they try to, you know, he was approaching this year that way. He approached it as a, okay, this could be a, this could be a situation that, you know, I can leave a mark here, but also help myself. And in every way, on the court, off the court, coachability, it's, you know, because I heard the horror stories, you know, when you're recruiting some of these guys, you hear the, the negatives sometimes, and it's probably warranted. But I'll tell you, he's, in my 17 years, he's the most coachable kid I ever had. Wow. To, to, to tell you this is really amazing. He had surgery, uh, four and a half hour surgery on his knee on uh, Friday. So I was over there with him and Friday night, about six thirty, seven o'clock, he probably left the hospital. He was at the game. No way. Coaching our team behind the bench. How about that? I mean, that's a guy that's played seven games here. You know, he doesn't have much invested, and he was coaching those two guys. And they talked about it in the press conference after the game, how he was he was just his calming influence over there. And that's what he did on the court for them. But his calming influence at the bench and during timeouts, you know, it's it's amazing. You know, sometimes the impact these kids have on each other is really fun to watch. Well, you know, one of the – the really great things and you know you, you know I, I compliment you Jim you're, you're a lifer in coaching which is you know one of the highest compliments I can give you you know you're about changing young people's lives and uh and and you know and I always ask at our clinics you know why do you coach and that's why you coach you know for that to get a kid to respond like that uh, that's powerful that's really powerful. No, it was it was amazing. It was my it was my favorite moment of the game. How about that? You know, <laughs> you, yeah. know a, you know when uh, you have had an incredible path to where you are. Let's talk about for those people because our podcasts are obviously all over the U.S., but we even have now people all over the world. But you know, Boston College is an ACC school. It's a it's a major 
uh, Power Five school. Uh, but talk about your basketball career. Uh, first as a player, you're a Long Island guy playing for a terrific coach in Ralph Willard, Kevin Willard's dad, Rick Patino's sidekick for years. Ralph was also, I think, Rick's coach and uh, at St. St. Thomas. But talk about, uh, you know, the influence of Ralph over you and then your selection of where you went to college. Well, it was funny, you know, when, when, when you're 15 and 16 years old, you know, you only know the coach that you have. You don't know how he is different than any other coach in the country. And then until you get to college and then this guy made you so prepared, you know, when I went to play college basketball, after playing for Ralph Willard in high school and, and my JV coach, Steve Lenowitz, um, to this day, they may be the two best coaches I've ever been around in terms of just teaching the game and getting you to understand the game and getting you to think the game. I mean, so I was just so lucky. And, and so when I went to college, the transition was so easy from that perspective. I mean, abilities are abilities. It's, you know, I didn't have the greatest college career, but that was on my abilities. But it wasn't the knowledge that those guys gave me have, have helped me to this day. So you go to Boston University. Why? Uh, probably because Rick Pitino went to my high school. <laughs> and and, and, and there was probably not much of a recruiting process. Yeah, right. Once he offered, I mean, that was it. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. It was great. I played with some great guys. I mean, I, I feel like uh, the guys who were on my team, it, it was it, genetically they were unbelievable because I played with a guy named Sean Teague and obviously his sons in the NBA. And I played with Dredrick Irving, Kyrie's dad. Yeah. So uh, it's amazing how uh, – you know how those guys have their have their children have grown to be you know that's some of the best players in the world. Well, we know Rick was a great recruiter too. You know, so he probably yeah. he probably checked in their DNA and everything sure. on, of everyone on the way. You know, but, <laughs> no, no yeah. doubt. So and then I was then after that I was lucky I transferred. Uh, John Custer was my college coach and when he left to go to GW. I transferred uh, to uh, University of Rhode Island to play for Brendan Malone who. Yeah. Again, for a guy that wants to get into coaching, think about some of the the people I was around: Rick Pitino, John Kuster, now going to play for Brendan Malone, um, and then I, then he left to go to the Knicks. The year I became eligible, and Tom Penders came in. Wow, what so a just, coach! It's just the basketball, different mindsets and different philosophies. As I was just fortunate enough to absorb all those, it was just a natural for me to to get into this profession. So those are four studs. Penders I've known since, you know, I, I got into coaching. Uh, uh, an amazing, talented guy. Um, but so I, I saw, you know, you're really a business major, though, at, at URI. You're not an education major. You're not saying, hey, I'll, I'll, yeah. like I'm a PE major because I couldn't pass anything else. And I'm saying to myself, yeah. you know. I wasn't I, a true business major either. I can't, I can't lie. It was, okay. <laughs> it, was a, it was like a, it was a, a a different form of business with the hard, complicated courses. I, w- I didn't want any part of those. Okay, good. I, I knew we had a closeness. Uh, so you, it, now when you get when you finish there at URI, what's your path now? And I think this is so important because we always have, and I know you do the same, people always coming up to you and saying, hey, I want to be like you. I want to get in coaching. How do I get to be the head coach at Boston College tomorrow? You know, especially yep. our millennial friends. Okay. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, I went and I played – one season in Australia, and Britt mm-hmm. Brown, uh, oh, who's now the coach of the Sixers, helped me get over there. He was a BU, played at BU, That's and right. good dad. friend. And so he helped. Yeah. He helped me. And, uh, made a problem. Probably made a call for a bad player to get, a, get an <laughs> opportunity. Um, and, and then when I got back, just as timing would have it, because you know, you know, this this business is all timing. 
um, Ralph Willard got the head coaching job at Western Kentucky, and I was lucky enough to uh, have him give me a chance to be the GA. Bowling Green, Kentucky, baby. I'll tell you what, it ain't Long Island, but, you know, no. but, but Ralph is a terrific coach. And then, you know, and now as you go from there, you go to Loretto, Pennsylvania, you go to St. Francis, which is another place in the middle of nowhere, but a great, great school. And back in the day was a really good basketball school. Yeah, he, he did an amazing job. I mean, just building, just watching him build a program. That was down, I mean, uh, at yeah. that time yep. when he took it over and, and, and watch him and where he elevated it in a short period of time, the way he went about it, the accountability he had for everybody. And he had, and again, for myself, just being fortunate. So, cause on that staff and his first ever full-time job was Tom Crean. Oh, so I'm able to learn from Tom, the whole recruiting process, coaching. Uh, it, it, it's just an amazing, amazing thing this this profession is so much fun because of the relationships you get to meet along the way um and the people you get to meet and just watching them grow think about how lucky you know that's i think about it all the time how lucky i was just to be in those right spots where mm-hmm. you're learning from the very best guys when you get your first opportunity at kent state talk about how that transpired going from an assistant to a head coach you know i, I tell a lot of guys the same thing and and, and uh when you first get that opportunity, it becomes so personal. You know, everything, when you're an assistant coach, you have a different set of eyes on it. And, you know, you can, you can look at things and it's, it's never personal to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you become the head coach, that guy didn't sprint back on defense. That's, he's mad at me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or you look at things differently and, and, and until you, until you do it for a while, you see, okay, there's the basketball part, but all the things that, that you have to deal with as the head coach that, that you didn't do with as an assistant, um, you just gain an appreciation for all the people that you worked for, and and you never really know, you know, the, you know how how you're going to react until you actually sit there and and make those decisions. But I was fortunate; I was very fortunate. My first ever staff that I hired had three head coaches on it. So Chino Ford, who yeah. followed me at Kent State, had a great career there. Then went on to Bradley. Rob Senderoff. Wow. who's the head coach at Kent State now, and Rob Murphy, who's the head coach at Eastern Michigan. And Terrific those coach. are my three full-time assistant coaches. They're all head coaches. And I also had a – at that time, there was a director of basketball operations. His name was Ryan Pete, and he's the top assistant at Ohio State. So, Jeez. you know, you get lucky, and you hire good people, and and uh, and you're able to be fortunate and win. Now, when you went to Kent State, was Stan Heath the head coach? Yeah, well, Stan gave me a, a tremendous opportunity, yeah. so – to be his assistant and you know we went all the way to the elite eight um the job he did at kent state was incredible will never be matched um and just and just one of my best friends to this day just somebody that i go to with any issues you know we all have people we go to in this business and if something comes up with me you know stands one of the first people i call yeah now you had you coached a guy that i'm sure you kicked his ass every day in practice antonio gates at kent state he was he was your power forward center inside bruiser (laughs) what was i i remember watching these teams so well uh he and i really think that you know you know he really led a way where the nfl should keep going and finding more basketball players but talk about Antonio, did you ever think did, he, he yeah. was an amazing college back in yeah. all my years? And I'll say this. I mean, I've been around, we've all been lucky. I've been around some pros, but he was without question, the best college basketball player I've ever seen. How about that? Uh, he could, I mean, he, you know, we had really good guards and a really tough mm-hmm. wing defender, a kid named Demetrius Shaw, but 
um, and, and two good guards, Trevor Huffman and, and Andrew Mitchell. But Antonio Gates just took us to a level that we probably couldn't get to, a game away from the Final Four. Yeah. And he was, irregardless to who we were playing, we had the hardest guy to guard every single night. And if you got the hardest guy to guard every single night, it's really hard on the other team because you could just put him in any position and he would, do, you know, if you put a small guy on him, he can post. A big guy, he could drive around him. He could shoot. He, he was a great free throw shooter. Well, he was really an amazing college player. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of coaching you for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to Dr. Dish basketball.com or follow them on Twitter at Dr. Dish B ball. You know, this is the part that I think I'm really curious about. You you know, you have a lot of success at Kent state, but now you want to change levels and you get an opportunity to go to TCU. It's not the TCU now where we're in the big 12 and we have all the resources in the world. We're Mountain West TCU, correct? Mountain West TCU, and and that, I think it, you know, arguably the the best time ever in the Mountain West with right, you know, the rise of Jimmer Fredette at BYU and the job Steve Fisher was doing at San Diego State, Lon Kruger's at UNLV, um, uh, Steve Alford's at New Mexico. I mean, there was some unbelievably good coaches, some unbelievably good players. And and is Fox at Nevada then or no? He had just left. Just left. Nevada okay. wasn't Nevada wasn't in the league at that point. They oh. were in the. Uh, uh, they were. They in, were in the uh, whack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My fault. My fault. Yeah. yeah they were in the way. Yeah. Uh, but you know that that you know that that what was the decision making process to go to a different whole different part of the country that you're used yeah, to? It's a, it's a good question. You know, I think if I could talk to the younger Jim Christian, he would think about that. <laughs> um, because again, I, I'll be honest, I was a little naive to the profession and I was in such a good spot. I had such a great AD and he was getting, he was getting old. I knew he wasn't going to be, he was in his sixties and I knew he wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. If I think, if I thought he was going to be there, I probably would never have left How about that? Um, because he was such a special man. You know, he gave me such a unique opportunity. Um, and, uh, but I just, I, I just felt like it was time after seven years. Yeah. You know, I felt like, you know, why not try somewhere else? And then it's then it sometimes becomes be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I exactly. think all coaches kind of go through that where you think, you know, what I could do exactly what I did at school A, at school B, um, and you it's difficult because you don't really inherit the same culture. 
you know, you know, there's not the same familiarity. And I think I learned a lot from that. That's that's good. But now you decide to go back and you go back to a familiar area, you know, and go back now to the Mac and go into Ohio U. Uh, what was that thinking process for us? Uh, you know, my, my wife had gone to school there. And oh, I really? Felt like, Good. Yeah, I felt like, you know, that was that was comfortable for me. And again, the, the athletic director there, Jim Shouse, is tremendous. They have great support for basketball. I was lucky. Um, and I, I, when I went there, I thought I would stay forever. I thought that would be it. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, I, you know, and then... Um, Here comes the search firms. Yeah, and then I, then, somebody, then I got this opportunity and... You know, and you get to be a little bit older and, and, and you get a chance to coach in the ACC and you realize probably, you know what, even though it's not the easiest of jobs and the situation is going to be really, really rough, um, why not, Why not? you know, at least try and, 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 and coach against the very best. No, I think that is good. When you, when you, you go against, you have 15 incredible schools, including BC, in the ACC and it it seems to keep getting harder. The players that are being recruited into league keep seeing to get, getting better. Duke, Carolina, they keep getting fabulous kids. The coaches are among the very best in the world uh, in that league. Uh, you know, what keeps you going every day and how do you and your staff, how do you keep saying, you know, all of a sudden you see, you know, in August or whenever Marvin Bagley, you know, all of a sudden pops up at Duke, you know, I mean, you know, and you say, oh man, we, Oh, we were, you know, we, we knew what we were going to go against. Now here comes another one. Uh, You know, how do you, what, what keeps you from not focused on what your mission is and who you are there? You know? Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you have to focus on what you can do Yeah, and who you have and who you can try to get and who's going to, who's going to like your situation. Some of the guys, um, some of the elite players in the country may not like what Boston College is about. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not like the things that the, you know, the whole university represents, um, and how we do things here. So, you know, that's hard. You know, you have to try to know who would who would thrive here because of the competitiveness and the academic part of this here. Um, so you have to know it's 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 a it's not an easy find. You know, obviously the basketball part is is intriguing to a lot of people, but there's a lot that goes with it that people have to want to be part of and. And, uh, and, I, and I think that's one of the things that makes Boston College special and unique is that once those people find uh, the right fit, they, they love it here. You know, when uh, for high school coaches, and we have probably 30,000 of them that listen on our show, that have really good players, who and they, they might be from a different part of the country and they don't know you, what should they take back from Jim Christian as far as if they sent their kid there, what are they? What are they getting with him? What What is he about? You know, I, I've I've constantly since I've entered this profession been a guy that loves to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I loved here, the one promise I make to the players that come here, I do every individual instruction here. I just love it. I, I just it's the part of the job I love the most is that that one on one interaction and development of kids. It's a great time to get through to them. Um, because, you know, practice, you're doing so many team things and sometimes, you know, you don't get a chance to have that same interaction. So the individual part of this, uh, that that time with the players, you know, the video, watching the video and, and my time with them on the court is, I think the players who have played for me, that's the one thing they've enjoyed. You know, I think, uh, I think when, you know, there's nothing like uh, coming off a win like you had on Saturday. Uh, the memories that you'll have for that will be be a lifetime. 
But the great thing about our sport where we play, not like Steve Adazio where he's got to wait a week to make more memories, is that you have memories that can be made starting tomorrow again. And I think that's the exciting part that, you you know, 30-plus times a year you get to go out and create and write a new story your players do. And and what, what comes through loud and clear, Jim, about you uh, is how much you love your players and I think that that might be one of the most important things I think in coaching nowadays is that you know these are these are interesting kids to coach nowadays but you ha- if you don't yeah. they're like your own though yeah if you don't love your kids and and can't embrace the situation you're going to be in you're going to struggle right. well they have to you know these guys here now um they signed up for this when we were pretty much an expansion team. You know, my, after my first year here, we had nine available scholarships. Wow. That spring we had nine. So we were going to be a, basically an expansion team. Except I, like I always tell people, I wish we were a real expansion team because then you could take one player <laughs> off all the other teams. And I think we could have made the tournament. Yeah. I think so too. That were, I, I think you should petition for that. I think that yeah, would be no good. Doubt. Oh, that is awesome. You know, but, I th- but, but these guys had signed up for a lot. So when I look at a Jerome Robinson and, I, and, and the things that he's gone through, and that's what made it so special when he hit those shots because yeah. nobody, I don't know if anybody in college basketball has gone through what that young man has gone through. Um, but at the same time, he's also had a great opportunity to showcase what he can do. So it's been a really good marriage. But in this day and age of guys running away, those guys never had to re-recruit them. You know, they kept they, they kept wanting to be building this and be part of something. And, and hopefully they're going to get a chance to do that. Well, they will. And uh, I'd like to play for you. That's how you're, you're authentic, man. You're the real deal. And we're so okay. excited for you, what happened the other day. And I want so much success for you and your program this year. And I, Everyone in the coaching your community is going to love this podcast. You were terrific, and I thank you so much for sharing oh, time. You're the best. I appreciate you having me on. Well, Jim, thank you, and good luck the, the rest of the season. Okay, thank you. Wow. I love Jim Christian. Love what he stands for. That's the kind of coach I would love to have my kids play for. Um, this is a guy that I just – you can't – what experience. The people he's been around, uh, I'm just so fortunate that I was able to get him on today uh, just coming off that timely win against Duke. But this is a guy that can flat-out coach and is just a terrific person, human being, and that's why college coaching is full of great people. Jim Christian is at the top of the list. Till next week. <laughs>